We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. Today's sermon is called Handful of Victories. A Handful of Victories. And what it's basically going to focus on is uh, having uh, a heart after God. David was spoken of by God saying that he's a man after his own heart. And if you really look at that, what does that really mean when someone says, you're, you're after my heart? You talk about it, you hear about it at work, you'll hear somebody do something and the boss will say, that's a man after my own heart. What it basically means is you're like-minded. You think like him. You want the same things he wants. And that's why David was a man after God's own heart. Yes, he had failures, but he still wanted those things that God wanted in his heart and in his mind. That was the problem with Saul that you could see. Is Saul was not like-minded with God. Saul wanted to do his own thing. Saul wanted to be able to take stuff for himself. Saul wanted to be able to for the people to like him. And he would do things in reference to that rather than what God wanted. And because of that, he was not a man after God's own heart. So it basically means to be like-minded with God. And God wants victory in your life. But you have to fully understand the whole scope of what you're facing, what is scriptural on what is a trial and why we go through trials and temptations and what's going on, what what is God truly provided for that, and what is our mentality supposed to be, and how do we go get victory? And so that we can end the day with a handful of victories. So I want to bring up a few scriptures with you and just go over this with you in this idea and concept so you understand. First of all, temptations and trials will always be with us. <laughs> John chapter 16, verse 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He says, in this world you will have tribulation. Now, that is in the Greek what we call the present tense. And what that means is this action is a continuous habitual action that occurs. In other words, you will always have trials. You will always have tribulation. It will not end. Look at the trials that you're going through. Look at the trials that have you paralyzed. The trials that make you say, God, just take it away. I don't, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to have to deal with this. I don't want this temptation in my life. I don't want this crisis in my life of my health and my home and my finances or whatever your case may be. And you're saying, God, just take it away. And that whole mentality there. Understand that this is not just as bad as it gets. It gets a lot worse. Not only are you going through what you're going through, you will have much worse 
trials, and you will have them more often. And that's a heavy concept to bear. Because if you look how you're saying, God, take it away on this one, what's going to happen when what's coming? How do I face what's up ahead? If it's only going to get worse, and if there's only going to be more, and just to give you an idea that it's not just a, 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 an abstract thing that you've been hit by a trial. First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 13 says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which tries you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, that you may be glad and exceedingly joy. In other words, it's not a strange thing that you get trials. You're a Christian, you're a believer. The world goes through trials. How much more we that go through trials? But we have God. And we are supposed to be able to handle it. But things come. And in these times... It's like the trials last longer. It, 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 there's a weighed down feeling. Like, when is this ever going to end? How, like the psalmist says, Oh Lord, how long? And those are the concepts that are there that we have to understand, first of all, that it's not going to go away. That it's not going to just fade away. And that there's a certain expectation of you. It's like a soldier who goes to battle for the first time. And when a military campaign starts, usually the bombing goes across to prepare the way for the infantry. And when the bombing goes across, then infantry and tanks move in after that. And that's to protect them, to get them the edge. But you're the soldier, you're brand new, and all of a sudden the bombs are going off all around you. And you jump into the foxhole and you hold your gun and you're scared and you have fear and you're just praying, let's just, just take it away. I don't want to be here. I don't like this. I want out. Please just make it go away. Just, I don't want this in my life. And that fear overtakes him and he clinches his Rifle, and all he does is just want it to go away. Well, it's not going to go away. That's just the first wave coming in. And then what's going to happen after is the second wave's coming in where all the tanks and all the soldiers are coming in. And if he's not going to make it just then and there, how will he survive if that's just the first wave? You see? And Scripture supports that mentality. In Jeremiah 12.5, it says... If you have run with the footmen and you are wore out, then how can you compete with the horses? If you feel secure in the land of peace, then how will you do in the swelling of the Jordan? In other words, when in those times they had horses that you would fight from, and it's one thing to battle in infantry, hand-to-hand -hand combat with swords and so on, but when you have the cavalry of a thousand men riding straight at you 30 to 40 miles an hour, you're going to get trampled. They're going to be swinging that sword at you. That horse is going to bump you at 40 miles an hour and just shoot you down, much less trample you. And he's saying, right now, this is the footman. What are you going to do when the horsemen come? 
There is a certain expectation of maturity and faith that God requires of you. Not something that God is trying to punish you or torture you with. God's trying to bring you on to bigger things. But you can't do it if you just stay in the foxhole and do nothing and get overrun and get destroyed. Psalm 60 verses 66 verse 10 through 12 says, For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. God brought you out to rich fulfillment. When it says to be brought into the net in that text, it means you have permitted us to be brought into the net. The idea here is that those enemies have been successful. God has allowed us to fall into their hands. God has allowed you and the enemies of you to be successful. He has allowed that. That's the bombing that's coming on. That's the infantry coming and trying to overtake you. He has allowed that. Why? So that you learn how to make war. So that you learn how to fight against the flesh. That you learn how to fight against the devil and this world. Through his might, through his spirit. But if you never get out of the foxhole, you'll never learn how to fight. So what happens? We say, take it away, take it away. And don't you feel like this sometimes? You're praying, God, take it away. And all of a sudden, it seems like it's charging even more. It's coming even stronger. And you're like, God, I asked you to take it away. What's going on? Why is this happening? He says, get up. Get up and fight. Get up and go get your victory. Because once you get that victory... Once you understand that God is on your side, that God has given you everything you need to go take that victory in your life, you understand that there is not a weapon formed that could stand against the Lord. Then you will be able to make it. And you'll say, wow, I can really overcome in life. And at that point in time, when you actually understand the awesome power and wonder that God really is, it doesn't matter how big the trial is. It doesn't matter how bad it's going to get. Why? Because my God is bigger. My God is stronger. And there's nothing that can stop Him. There's nothing that can defeat Him. So what do I care what trial it is? They're all going to go down. They're all going to fall. God's going to give me victory all the way through because there is not a single one of them that are bigger than your God and your perspective changes. And you're not sitting in the foxhole anymore. You're not crying, take it away, take it away, take it away. You've learned how to face it. You've learned how to overcome 
you've learned what it takes because you understand that God has allowed these things to come. He's allowed you to go through the water and the fire, but he's brought you out to rich fulfillment when you have that victory. Your life is better. The word rich fulfillment here is literally speaking of a place with ample waters, springs, and streams producing fertility and abundance. And it's and at its core, it means to bring you into liberty, peace, and blessing. Bring you into liberty, peace, and blessing. If you have an addiction, you're an alcoholic. If you're trying to overcome something in your life and temptations just overwhelmed you, what does he want? What you want? Freedom. Liberty. You want to be free? Then sitting in that foxhole and praying, take it away, take it away, is not your answer. Getting up and learning how to walk in the Spirit and how to have a victory in your life That's your answer. Because that's when you're going to realize that your God is big enough. That there's nothing that you're going through that will ever be able to stand against Him. And you need to come to that conclusion. Because when you do, that means your faith is grown. And you're maturing in the Lord. And that's where we all need to be. Is growing in the Lord. That happens through our daily living. And understanding that. 2 Peter 2.9 says, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. The words, the Lord knows, that is the case referred to show that God is able to deliver his people when tempted and understands the best way in which this should be done. He sees a way to do it and we cannot. You ever feel that way? You don't see a way out? You don't have any idea how things are going to happen, how it's supposed to work. Where am I going to get the money? How am I going to overcome this sickness? How am I going to overcome this trial, this temptation? You may not see it, but God is there. And if you hold on to him first and foremost, you're going to make it. Hebrews 2, 14 through 15 says, Inasmuch as the children have partaken in the flesh and blood, he, Jesus himself, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So we see that God has made a way, that God has already made provision for us to be able to overcome. He's defeated death, he's defeated Satan, He's defeated your flesh. He's overcome the world. Everything that you need to get victory is there. First we saw trials are always going to be there. And they're never going to go away. And we also found out that trials are going to get worse. But with the provision that God has made for you, and in who He is, It don't matter what that trial is. You will overcome. You will dominate. In the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ, you will have victory. Because nothing is bigger than your God. There's not a trial that you can think of that He can't handle. It's not going to, you got to pray to God, God, I'm going through this, look at this. And God's going to go, oh man, I never thought of that one. How am I going to deal with that? 
No. It's no surprise to him. You think of how big your trial is, and you compare it to God who said, I have spread out the stars like a curtain. I hold the oceans within the palm of my hand. He says, I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Compare your trial to that God and tell me he can't handle it. But can you believe it? Even though you don't see it, can you believe it? Can you stand strong? Even though you don't see how to win and you hear all the bombs going off around the foxhole, will you get up the guts to say, I'm jumping out and I'm fighting because I know my Lord's given me the victory. And go get it. In His name. Because that's what He's called you to. So we see that all that is there, but now we have to understand that the decision is ours. We make a choice. That is all there is to it. It's a choice. The scripture says that you don't go through anything that isn't common to man. That means that everybody goes through these things and there's a, a set track record of victory over these things. Let's look at alcoholism. A lot of people have gone through alcoholism and a lot of people have overcome it. This isn't something special you're going through. You're not one select special human being that has a very select special trial. Everybody's gone through what you've gone through, and a proven track record of overcoming is out there. So it's not impossible. Understand that from the start. Know that where you're at is a decision. Do I stay in the foxhole, or do I climb out and go get my victory? It's a decision you have to make, and it's a decision that will determine what kind of life you live and what kind of mentality you have. It's victory, the choosing victory. Scripture teaches in Joshua twenty nine fifteen, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a choice. It's an absolute choice that you make. You have to understand that more than anything. You're not enslaved. You're in, a Christian doesn't say, I can't. I can't do it. I can't overcome. A Christian says, I won't. Because you've been given everything to do it. But you choose not to. You choose. It's a decision. Victory is a decision. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, I call on heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that, that both you and your descendants may live. Choose life. See, the devil tries to confuse things so much. And, and the way he enslaves you is he gets you to believe the lie. And if you believe the lie, I can't overcome. I don't know how to get out of this trial. I don't know how to overcome this area. 
If you believe the lie, he's got the chains on you. But understand this. First and foremost, God has given you everything you need. And secondly, it's your choice, not his. You choose to stay or you choose to go. You choose to stay enslaved or you choose to be free in Christ. Those are your decisions to make. The scripture makes it absolutely clear. It's our choice. So understand something really straight out. Victory is a choice. It's your choice. God's given you everything to make it happen. Now it's time to make that choice. So at the end of each day, you can choose to have a handful of failures or a handful of victories. You face every single day in every little area of your life a challenge to righteousness, a challenge to sin, a challenge to do wrong or evil. And in the midst of that test, at that moment, say, I choose to have victory today. That's one. Then when you face another one, I choose to have victory today. That's two. Then you another one, I choose to have victory today. That's three. And by the end of the night, when you have that handful of victories with you, because it's day by day, trial by trial, temptation by temptation, the scripture says that your sleep will be sweet. That you'll be able to say, this one's for you, Lord. You can actually take that day and say, hey, this is my praise offering. And you can have joy because you had victory that day. That's important. Because the scripture says that it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. They go in just before harvest and they eat them just before they get ripe and they destroy it. So you gotta you gotta kill it when it's small. You gotta take it out when it's little, when it's just a little temptation. Knock it out when fear comes because you don't know what's gonna happen. Understand, there's been others that have faced it that way and gone forward in faith, not knowing how the answer is going to be from God, but just believing God. You're not alone in that. Look at Noah. Noah built the ark. Understand, the scripture taught that the world was watered by a mist coming out of the ground. And it, and it watered the land. Okay, It never rained in Noah's day. And here he is, nowhere near water, in the middle of a field, building this huge ark. People going, so what's that for? It's going to rain and God's going to flood the earth. And they're like, yeah, right. Because why? They never saw rain before. And he built it by faith, not having any idea how God was going to do it. But he was faithful. He obeyed. He believed that God was going to do it. We see Abraham in forsaking the land of his birth at the command of God. God said, hey, get out from the country where you live and go to a land that I will show you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Sure, he packed his bags and left not knowing where he was going. That's like God telling you, I want you to move out of Southern California. 
And you say, great. And you rent the U-Haul truck. You fill it up. You sell your house. You quit your job. You drive out of town. And you have absolutely no idea where you're going. How much faith would that take? Right? It'll blow your mind to move like that. But at the same time, you understand Abraham didn't know. Abraham was facing the unknown. But he knew he could face it with God. With God by his side, he could face the unknown and to do what he needed to do. Hezekiah, when the Assyrian army surrounded him, 186,000 troops, and this guy comes out blaspheming God, saying that I've taken out all the other gods that have been out there. What makes you think that your God's going to save you? And he spreads it out before the Lord, says, God, this is what this guy is saying. God says, don't worry about it. By tomorrow, I'll take care of it. Not have, he didn't say, this is what I'm going to do. Because every single one of us want to hear, okay, the word says you're going to take care of it, but I want you to show me step by step how you're going to do that, God. And then I'll believe. How, how are you going to bring that? How, how's that going to come to pass? You know, And we want that security. And God says, I don't want your security in the knowledge of how you know what's going to happen. I want your security that you believe I'm taking care of you. That I love you. Do you believe that? Then trust me. God's saying, I got this. What are you doing? Relax. Trust me. Believe me, because you're not the only one. You see in Scripture, Hezekiah woke up the next day, and there was 186,000 dead Assyrians outside the city because one angel of God came at by night and completely wiped them out. And you want to know something? In the midst of all that, you know what you learn? My God saves. And because you didn't know step by step how he was going to do it, you're so blown away at the genius of God and how He took care of you and how He made things happen. But understand, you truly are a soldier of the cross. Scripture says in 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. No one engages in warfare who engages in warfare and entangles himself in the affairs of this life. In other words, you're called... And whether you like it or not, people are watching your life. You can say what you want to say. You could do whatever you want to do. You could walk away from God, whatever you want. They are watching you. And they are watching you to watch you fail, to watch you fall. Because every single one of them have in their hearts, they're searching for the real deal. And they see a million different religions, a million different philosophies, and they're looking at all these posers because none of them walk the walk, walk the talk. They're just out there saying it, but they're not doing it. And they think you're one of them. So when you're going through all these fiery trials that have come on your life, they're watching to see how you handle it. And when you blow your temper, when you blow your witness, when you give up, when you give it and say, forget it, I'm going to go have a beer, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. They say, see, I knew he was a phony. I knew this was just temporary. I knew he was a poser, just like everybody else. 
and they're going to rub it in your face. And if they don't rub it in your face, they're going to just mock God. And you gave them the opportunity. They're watching you. They're watching how you handle things, what you do. And when you do it, and you make it, they, and when you have victory, they look and they say, this is real. There's a real power here. There's a real love here. I want it. Because they're looking so hard for the real thing. And they're watching you to see if you are. There's far more at stake than your trial and your temptation. There's a battle for souls. And if the devil can destroy your witness, he will do so and profit by it, by taking down so many. So with your life, decide. Decide to have a handful of victories at the end of the day. Your trials aren't going away. Learn how to fight. Learn how to walk in the Lord. Learn that God's on your side. And learn that no matter how big the costume is, no matter how big Goliath is, a simple little stone and a boy could take him out. But God's on your side. And walk away with a handful of victories. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask you to just touch our lives, God. I pray for everybody here, Lord, that is going through trials, through temptations, through addictions, Lord, through sickness, through financial troubles, Lord, that they would not just sit down and take it, Lord, but you would give them victory, that you would have them get up in courage and in faith, stand in who they know they are in Christ, stand in who they know you are in their life, and go get the victory you've called them to, just on a daily basis, Lord. Help them to walk. Give them freedom. Give them liberty. Give them peace. And then give them victory in their lives, Lord. I pray for miracles, Lord. For those who are sick, that you would heal. For those who need finances, Lord, that you would provide. And that you would truly be the God who saves. We worship and praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.